0: We've got real world situations just in the last couple of years where you could theoretically have a complete loss of cell after a couple of days. We had Hurricane Harvey and they had widespread outages of self coverage. You know, those are examples of just how, not to mention the grid down, if you had power outage or anything like that, that could affect your communications. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. In this episode, we're talking with Mike from ParadisRadio.com, And we're talking about community comms. We'll have several scenarios that we go through. So depending on what community you have, whether it's a cul-de-sac, whether it's an intentional community, or whether it's a group of communities like farms that are a little bit farther apart. What kind of uh, radio is important for the comms? But first, let's talk about why do I need a
1: radio? I mean, why don't I just use a phone? Good question. You know, there used to be a time where we didn't have these uh, complicated radios in our pockets. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, a, a phone is actually four different radios. Uh, there's a cellular cellular radio, there is a Wi-Fi radio, there is a Bluetooth radio, and there's also uh, probably a near-field uh, communication radio. So uh, everybody has a radio in their these days. The question is, is whether or not that mobile device uh, will work uh, in a grid-down situation, power outage, uh, disaster area. You know, and some people are not comfortable having a phone on them all the time. So my friend said that
0: my friend used to work in telecom and he said that the, say you have a ice storm, like from Texas a couple of years ago, right? In February that the cell towers really only have a couple of days of battery or, or generator, and then they're going to go out. And then, you know, if you have power outage, that's that long, the generator or the battery is going to run out and then it's not going to come back up on its own. We've got real world situations just in the last couple of years where you could theoretically have a complete loss of cell after a couple of days. We had Hurricane Harvey. My my daughter was down in Houston and they had widespread outages of self-coverage as well as we used to live down in Wichita, and every time there was a tornado, even if it didn't come to your side of town, you would have just clogged airways and dropped calls and everything else. So, you know, those are three good examples of just how. Not to mention the grid down, if you had power outage or
1: anything like that, that could affect your communications. Yes, and I think you've hit on something that, from my my experience, uh, people don't think about as, as a system, there's two things I always say is one is local is more important than distant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not really willing to talk to Timbuktu. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to talk to my neighbor further down the block, you know, neighborhood. Um, sure. I think one of the statistics is in a grid down situation or something like that is some, a disaster uh, that 90% of your communications are going to be within five miles. Right, so 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 local is more important than distant. Good. Um, another another aspect of it that people don't really think about, but it that this principle uh, has has come about is is that listening is more important than talking. So it's more important for you to receive reports, um, you know, hazard reports, things like that, weather, um, local news. That is actually for you to talk on the radio. Um, So for, I think, most people, you know, if you're just getting into, hey, I think I need something, is just get a a basic AM, FM, portable uh, portable radio um, that can receive weather, um, you know, and that at least gets you started. Then you can start looking at all of the different options of two-way radio. So there, there's a couple of different ones that, I'm, that I think I've identified that are better for people who want to use radios. Now, I'm an extra class ham, so I get to play and experiment with radios, but not everybody wants to do that. They just want to use radios. So a few of the things that I think we need to look at are cost, commonality, compatibility, licensing, and range. So all of those kind of factor into what kind of radio systems that you want. So I think uh, there's four that I've identified that, that I think most people should look at first. Now, there's others. I think the four, FRS radio, which is Family Radio Systems, mm-hmm. GMRS, which is uh, General Mobile Radio System, right? Uh, HAM, uh, both local and then there's also a, a, a regional national and worldwide so a distant uh, and also cb oh yeah cb radio yeah yeah people forget that so <laughs> now it's not not as popular as it was but um still common you know you can go to sure. any truck truck stop and find cb cables you can find cb radios you find them at garage sales and and it, they're good for what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some limitations. So let, let's kind of go through these a little bit. I think let's talk about the the radios themselves and that's some of the slight differences between them. Okay. So talk about the radios. Uh, maybe talk about some of these radios require a licensing to transmit. So sure. there, there's, there's never a license to receive. So you mm-hmm. can always listen. But to transmit on some of these radios, you do need a FCC license to transmit. Mm, okay. Uh, so, so, so let's go through these four common ones, and then you know, you know, if you have questions later about the others, uh, I can I can address those. But sure. But, but let's go through these. So, so the first one is Family Radio System. This is 22 channels uh, that are available, and it's your basic big box walkie-talkie. So oh, okay. the ones Walmart or Best Buy or Costco or whatever, they have different wattages. So wattage is how much power it puts out through the antenna. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can be a factor. The cheap FRS radios that I took to Africa, because I didn't want to take my expensive ham radios, 20 to $30, uh, but they, you're able to recharge them using a uh, USB cable, mm-hmm. they have an attached antenna, but they're, but they're only half watt. These radios that I took were marketed as 16 mile radios. Oh really? Um, yeah. It's marketing. <laughs> That's 16 miles. If you go mountain top to mountain top. Sure. Uh, if you're going to be in the Ozarks. Yeah. Good luck getting a quarter mile. Terrain is a big thing. So if you have uh, a lot of hollows or, or hills, um, that will definitely affect things. The next step up is the GMRS radios. Now, these, these are also those same 22 channels, so they're compatible. With but the walkie-talkies? With the walkie-talkies. Oh, okay. But they let you go handhelds or five watts versus a half watt or two watts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get mobile radios that go up to 50 watts. One of the YouTube channels that I listen to, he is in a four wheel club and they travel out in the wilderness all the time and and they've moved from, from CB to GMRS. Mm -hmm. And he's reported that he got a a 60 mile radio to radio, nothing in between just one radio. And then there's the other radio, right? He was also able to get a 90 mile range using a repeater. So, Hmm. okay. What a repeater is, is it listens on one frequency and immediately transmits it an, on another frequency. So you actually have two different frequencies that you're, that the radio needs to understand. Sure. The GMRS radios have those 22, what do you call, simplex frequencies that are radio to radio. Mm-hmm. But then they also have eight repeater frequencies. And these are okay. all programmed in. So you just, you just turn to that channel and you're done.
0: So are the repeater ones doing like, I'm going to jump ahead here. The repeater ones, they're not bouncing off of a station or whatever, like a a ham repeater, right?
1: Yeah, it's just like a ham repeater where there is is a more powerful radio with more wattage Mm -hmm. with a better antenna higher up. So those three things uh, make it very valuable as a resource. So um, are
0: those repeaters spaced out since there's only eight of them? Yeah, repeat-
1: yeah there, there's a coordination to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a mygmrs.com that actually lists out all the different uh, GMRS repeaters. If you're wanting to look at ham repeaters, uh, you'd go to a site like repeaterbook.com and they yeah. they actually have yeah. a um, they actually have an application so that that goes off your GPS signal. Mm-hmm. So if you can open that up, then you can see the closest ham repeaters. So that that's that's a valuable tool. Yep. Yeah, I've used that. Uh, of course, I print these out because does you know if the cell phones go down? Well, the database is in the the actual application. So so you just need the GPS. You just need the cell phone to be on with the GPS. But I have a a printed out manual of all my radios all the frequencies, all the hand repeaters around me. Also, uh, frequencies of the sheriff, EMS, uh, fire, uh, emergency management, all, all that is pub- public information. Mm-hmm. And that site is radioreference.com. So you can go to your county and actually see what things are. We have a farm and it's right on the edge of the county. And so I actually have um, both the sheriff north of us and the sheriff south of us EMS north of us EMS south of us and then all of the volunteer fire departments that are around mm-hmm. so i so i can i can listen in on that aren't the fire and police aren't they scrambled or whatever for the most part no okay. um, there is a difference between rural and city so most of the cities have gone to digital modes which all of these radios won't won't be able to hear those right uh, we kind of jumped around a little bit here. So, All right, uh, sorry, <laughs> So no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I just, I just wanted to step back again. So GMRS is, it's a way of doing ham without being a ham. You do need a family license for that. Um, and it's actually an extended family cost uh, dropped from $70 to $35 mm-hmm. and it's 10 years and it covers your whole family
0: do you have to take a test or is it what, what kind of a license? No
1: No test. You just pay the government. Okay. So I think the test is trying to fight the FCC website to actually get registered to actually pay (laughs) it. So that's the test. That's the test. Okay. So that's a real nice solution for people who are more prepared minded You know, the radios are, are pretty compatible with, with things, one of the difference with the FRS and the GMRS radios are FRS radios, of course, have an attached antenna. You just can't detach it. With the GMRS radios, you do get more power, but what's more important is it has a detachable antenna, so you can actually attach it to different antenna systems fit what you need. If you're riding around in a vehicle, then um, you can unscrew the the handheld antenna and then screw in a, a magnetic mount antenna that goes on top of your car mm-hmm. and that's going to be a much better antenna it actually when i teach out in the field i don't like teaching wattage first i don't i don't say okay buy higher wattage radio don't buy a 20 25 50 watt radio if you're if you're on the field because that takes 12 volt batteries and I don't want to be walking all around with 12-volt batteries on me. Sure. So it's a bigger radio and all that. But I can carry a small antenna that works much more efficiently and actually makes my radio act like a more powerful radio.
0: It's magnetic, sticks on your car, uses part of your, your hood as a antenna. Yes.
1: Right? Yep. yep. And so that gives you a five or six decibel dB increase, gives... The radio not just four times the sending capability but also four times the receiving capability, so you can also listen to people from further away there's there's a couple of rules just standard rules typically you can go one mile on one watt standing on average ground on average terrain
0: mm-hmm.
1: but to go two miles, you have to do four times the watts to go twice the distance so to go from from one mile to two miles, you need to go from one watt to four watts. Hmm. Of course, that's progressive. Okay. And there's only so much batteries you can carry around, right? Sure. So, hmm. so I would I would rather carry around a small portable antenna that I can throw up in a tree. So if you can throw a better antenna up on a tree, on a hill, you're going to get much, much, much better range. Right. There's also base antennas that you can put on top of your house for GMRS or ham. And and the rule of thumb is get the shortest run you can have from that antenna on top of your house, but have the shortest run. Shortest antenna, run
0: being the wire or
1: okay. The, the coax. You have the the gain of the antenna minus the loss of the cable. So you just want to minimize how much coax you need to attach.
0: So you could basically Get your family license, 35 bucks. They don't have to take a test. And then uh, that would do the intermediate distance, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then with better antennas, you can increase that.
0: Let's talk a little bit about some of
1: the scenarios. If
0: you're in a cul-de-sac, then FRS would be the best choice, right?
1: Yes. And actually, just the the big box walkie-talkies would work fine. You still right. have 22 channels, 22 frequencies that you talk on my my buddy irish in his neighborhood they have a rural community uh, hoa mm. and all of the kids run around with these frs walkie talkies and it's funny because each kid has their assigned frequency that they talk back home and so irish is a work from home and so what he does is he he has a scanner on and so he's listening to all the frequencies listening to them all talk just <laughs> you know just in case something happens so my situation, I've got
0: my neighbor's three farms over, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a, a mile or anything like that, but if you had something that was more spread out like that, then would GRMS be more better for it than the FRS in that situation, or would FRS still work?
1: We do have an intermediate step here. So as I mentioned, the those big box ones have limited power. Uh, Balthang Tech or BTEC uh, I'm a distributor for, they just came out with their 2-watt FRS radios. And uh, they have one called FRS-A1. I am very impressed with the size of these. They have weather radio built right in and FM radio built right in.
0: What do those uh, FRS radios usually run?
1: These are pretty much standard for what you'd see like Motorola at the big box. So uh, 60 $65. And that gives you a set of two. It gets you compatibility with the big box walkie-talkies, but it gives you better range. You could go GMRS. They're going to be the same price, but you get one. But those are five watts. So it's going to give you two, maybe three-mile range, depending on terrain, a detachable antenna. So you can use a mag mount uh, on the vehicle. If you were not using a repeater, probably what they would do is... Just have a antenna up, they could have a radio just you know listening on standby. It doesn't take up much power just to just to listen. The remote family member can call in that central location can then act as a operator, a manual repeater. So what they do is then they would call out and pass on a message. Mm-hmm. And then a actual GMrs repeater will do that automatically. So, they don't have to have physical intervention. If you're not able to have a GMRS repeater at, you know, at the moment, you know, at least having that one antenna up at the center and then somebody being able to monitor the channel or channels that you normally listen on would be useful. So
0: you could use the GRMS repeater on one of those eight channels, or you could put up your
1: own repeater antenna, right? When people are more comfortable with it, then you can do the expense of buying a GMRS repeater. Mm -hmm. the GMRS has those 22 channels that are shared with the FRS.
0: Right. So you Um, still pick up the kids running around the
1: neighborhood with their FRS. So, and and that kind of speaks into TPP, techniques, protocols, and procedures. um, Right. I think is what the military calls it. So you kind of need to have a plan. These are the channels we're going to talk on. If there's an emergency, we're going to talk on this channel. If that one's busy, use a different channel. How do you call out an emergency over over the radio. I have the basic plan. Having people actually use the radio. A lot. A lot of people are mic shy. That's a hurdle you have to consider getting over. Is people just don't want to talk on the radio because they know everybody can hear them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it helps you know if it's a friendly voice on the other side. Equipment, kind of the good, better, best, big box walkie-talkies, and then step up into something like this BTEC FRS radio, GMRS handhelds. And then as you get more distance, then you can also step up to a 50 watt GMRS radio. So that gets you even further range, you know, avoiding those obstacles, getting that antenna higher, getting getting a better gain. That all is going to help.
0: If I have a community that one of ours where we're greater than five miles away from each other, then we would start getting into Ham
1: territory, right? Yeah, you could still be there's would still be a crossover between GMRS and ham. Um, mm-hmm. The the principles are the same. So if you learned one, you've learned sure. It for but the distance other. wise, we would have to. Would we uh, still d- distance wise uh, w- with the ham? You could move down to the VHF, which is the the one forty five, one forty four megahertz range, and that could get you through some obstacles. Mm-hmm. Other benefits with the ham is that there's so many more ham repeaters in the states, sure, uh, in the states. So um, I have a picture of uh, 300 and some ham repeaters for the state of Missouri. Right. So you're near somewhere.
0: I use the Lawrence repeater to reach all the way over to on Overland Park in Kansas City. So yeah,
1: when I first got into radio, I was listening to was it Warrensburg? Or Odessa, you know, so listening to the Warrensburg repeater, and I was hearing people from Kansas. So that was me on a handheld hearing somebody 70 miles away. <laughs> right. And I didn't have to have a big antenna. I didn't have to have all that. And that's part of the benefit of the repeater is to, mm-hmm. have, to have that. For those who don't
0: know, if you if you start moving into that, you have to take a test,
1: right? Yes. It's so that that, that that is an individual license, $35 for the test. It's a 10-year license. OK, so you do have to have some knowledge when I took it. It was the class was a lot easier, um, you know, mm-hmm. and now there's YouTube videos, uh, apps that do the flashcards. That's what I do. Um, uh, wow. It's not yeah. not something that's hard. People are afraid of taking tests. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been out of school for how many decades now? <laughs> like I
0: studied it for a month and took the test.
1: Yeah. 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 Part of it is just putting in the time. So mm-hmm. putting in 15 to 20 hours of work. But doing the flashcards, I think, is important for passing the test.
0: On your uh, website, which is Paradis Radio, P-A-R-A-T-U-S Radio, no mm-hmm. dashes. dot com dot com. You've got shop, get the uh, the gear you need and the training you need. What kind of training do you offer on there?
1: I have a variety of handouts that are available. Also, uh, I do different training events mm-hmm. and expos and things like that. You know, I'm available to teach if you have a group. But it's always more fun in a group. If it's just you, no sure. no worries, but um, having having a group really helps out because then we can break into smaller groups and actually practice with the radios and, and actually do hands-on. I get a lot of mileage being from the show me state. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people need that. Don't tell me to show me. Right? right. Yeah. I have, I have documents on a lot of different things. I've researched a lot of different stuff. So if you talk with me about your situation, then recommend a few things, you know, even if I don't sell it, I'll, I'll still recommend stuff. So sure. So um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Mike at dot radio.com mm-hmm. and Predus means prepared. So oh, prepared okay. radio. So the site's available. Uh, just email me there. If you have a community that needs something set up, there's also a, another kind of licensing too, that it's a, a business license. Oh, uh, and that is, a bit more expensive, but it covers all of the members of your church, all of the members, official members of a community or group or business, um, and it's good for ten years. And I have that for one of my groups, and so they use quote business class radios, but they can use the same antennas, use the same microphones you know, it's all the same thing, except they have some specific frequencies they can talk on that, that other people can talk on. Okay. So they like that. I think the easy button is going the GMRS route, mm-hmm. uh, doing that 3 $5 tribute to the FCC.
0: <laughs> yeah, no tests. That's just- Right, right, up. no test,
1: right. just, just pay the money, get it done. So mm-hmm. I already had an FRN number, so I was able to do it in like five minutes. But right. if you don't have an FRN number- um yeah good luck with that if you know it's kind of like doing your taxes without any documentation
0: <laughs> yeah and the frn number you sign up for that and then wait then you, have to you, wait. Can, then you yeah, can pay you have to wait for it. right yeah <laughs> uh, the frn
1: number right. is pretty quick so just the complicated steps you know the bureaucracy of that i do admit the fcc website's a lot better than it was so the new core system is is better that's good kind of talked about ham there's handhelds and mobile radios as well right uh they they work on similar frequencies but you do there is a distinction on antennas so something cut for tuned for gmrs is not necessarily good for ham likewise uh with cb radios that is a much lower frequency so instead of 70 centimeters is a wavelength uh you know about two feet for for the gmrs radios uh, cb radios are actually 11 meters so that's 31 feet Mm -hmm. so that's how long the wavelength is
0: Hmm.
1: one of the interesting things with cb is that it goes um it's kind of that midway point between the line of sight frequencies and the beyond line of sight frequencies sure so with that you actually get some refraction off of the ionosphere And so if you talk to truckers or other people, you'll hear about skip where, where it bounces off the ionosphere and then it comes back to earth. Another analogy is with AM radio stations. And so they use skip. So that, that's why when you're driving at night, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Florida AM, AM radio station. How am I getting that? Well, it's because at night they're able to use what they call skywave, and and basically that that signal is able to bounce a lot further at night than during sure. the day. You know, and that kind of gets into the other ham stuff of, say, you have family in Timbuktu, and you want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Now you have to pretty much switch to ham radio as a means of communication. Right. Um, I was um, working on my radio, doing a digital mode. And I was running at one watt, and I got a confirmation of it that somebody received my signal 5,000 miles away.
0: Hmm. Now that did that across
1: the internet, right? No, no, that was radio to radio. It just happened to be just right. You know, the bands were right, the solar was right, you oh, know, the yeah. weather was right. It's nice when it happens. Um, it's not common. You know, typically I get Hawaii, Alaska on five or 10 watts. My friend Irish, he, he's running a antenna that I taught him how to build out of buy from Home Depot. And he's running higher wattage, so he, he can run 10 watts or 100 watts, whatever. But he was actually able to make a contact in uh, the Antarctic. So there was a researcher who took his ham radio and really can't talk to anybody. Uh, the researcher at the South Pole had to use digital modes to, to reach out beyond, beyond that continent. Sure. So Irish was able to pick them up and, and ju- at just the right time and, and was mm-hmm. able to make a contact with them. Yeah, once you learn the principles behind it of like local line of sight communications, first rule is get higher. Second mm-hmm. rule is use a better antenna. Uh, that has a higher gain. And then the third rule is add more wattage, right? Sure. So th- those are probably the, the ways you'll want to be able to expand that. So people
0: can uh, reach out to you on Paradisradio.com And yeah, Mike, email...
1: I'm on uh, MeWe, oh. uh, Paradis Radio at MeWe. Where else am I at? Um, I don't have any video content out. I'm just so busy doing in-person training that it, Sure. I just don't have quite the time. I do have a big training coming up. And so, you know, my family hates me because I'm getting all kinds of packages every day, uh, (laughs) little little goodies, you know, from here, there, and elsewhere. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I was looking for that. Oh yeah. I was looking for that. But I'm trying to set up a kind of like a radio lab for that training. So people, people who are getting to be a little bit more advanced can, can play with, Oh, this is good. This is bad. Whatever, mm-hmm. but like I said, that's more of that hobbyist side of things rather than than most people. They just want to use it. You know, they sure. want to use a molophone phone like a mole phone. <laughs> you know, they yeah. Feel free uh, to reach out, Mike at Paradis Radio, P-A-R-A-T-U-S-R-A-D-I-O.com. and uh, I'm happy to send you my Radio 100, which we pretty much talked about on this podcast. And then also I have some quick start guides. I have guides on how to, how to use a scanner effectively. I've guides on how to make, make an antenna. You know, Cause you can buy, or you can make things. Um, so if you're more handy, uh, you can do that. Sounds good. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening
0: to the thriving the future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. Also, check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and join our conversation on Twitter at thriveinthefuture or join our Telegram channel. Simply go to the Thrive in the Future website. On the right sidebar, there's a link to the Telegram channel. This episode was produced by Scott Miller, copyright 2022. ThriveInTheFuture.com Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast. It's deer season, so I sit down to talk with my friend Dave about how did we get our first deer, what gear do we use, what tips do we use, and then we share some funny stories of our hunts, including how I got stuck up in a tree. I should remind myself of this because all the nonsense talk about double bathing and all this other stuff, I said, look, Native Americans, frontier people killed a lot of deer to survive, and those people showered once a month if you're lucky. Your grandpa didn't have camo on. He was standing there with a plaid jacket on, exactly right, smoking, right. right? I just had his Elmer Fudd outfit on. Yes, Elmer you know, Fudd.
1: Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.